Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Late Night Football. Welcome to a match reaction show. It's the last one for, uh, well, it's the first one for today. If, if you're, uh, uh, you know, depending on your time skills, think it is 1 a.m. past 1 a.m. In, in Canada. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it's finished Real Madrid nil, Barcelona 1, El Clasico in Las Vegas. And I tell you what, it was anything but a friendly. It wasn't a friendly game at all. It was feisty. It was uh, very skillful. And a very, very tactically intriguing game between the two teams. I thought I thought there's some pointers that the both teams could take. And, uh, I mean, Barcelona, one nil really flatters Real Madrid, to be honest. It flatters Real Madrid because uh, if it wasn't for Couture making some good saves and some great saves, I think Barcelona will, would have would have won by more. I think Barcelona would be disappointed that they only got one out of it. They probably should have got two or three, um, especially in that second half. That was the end there, where they were really creating chances and cutting Madrid open. Um but uh, from Madrid's point of view, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of, lot of work to be done. And I think they miss Karim Benzema. They miss Karim Benzema in this game because without, without a real centre-forward, and the commentators kept saying it, but without a proper centre-forward, especially someone like Benzema, they really struggle with creating the kind of uh, chances that they need to create in terms of um, you know, getting others into play, getting the fingers into play. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the play was going through Vinicius, and I think it kind of became one-dimensional after a while because Hazard offered very really nothing. Uh, Rodrigo Moon in the center in the second half wasn't really involved. Mariano had that great chance towards the end, but even he wasn't very involved. So I think Benzema just offers that movement and that sort of target that uh, nobody else seems to be able to offer. And I think not getting Mbappe uh, might ultimately uh, prove to be the difference this season. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, great Barcelona. Barcelona played really well. I, I thought they pressed really well. Um, you know, they, they, they used... Uh, I think what he was telling was something that you noticed uh, was that uh, Barcelona pressed very high up the pitch. But the way that they pressed was uh, was twofold. One, when Madrid had possession in midfield or anywhere else, anywhere on the pitch, they had to keep going long. They had to keep going long because there was no out ball. There was no outage for them to get out you know, and to, and to play because they couldn't play through the press. They had to play over it. So they kept trying to go with risky long balls. And the problem with that is sometimes it will come off, but most of the time it was just the ball just went back to Barcelona and they just kept attacking again. The second issue with the press was that the two centre-halves kind of got split and they kept moving away from each other. And therefore, oftentimes, uh, Ede Militao was being isolated and he was being targeted. And there were a few times that he was having to, you know, put the long ball. He was, he was, you know, pushing the ball out. He was struggling a lot. I think Alaba, because he is a centre-back, but he can also play as a left-back, I think it was it was for him, he had that experience of knowing, you know, playing wide, he was like, comfortable because he could move in and out. Um, but Meditao can't because he's an old-fashioned no centre-back. So, what was also interesting, of course, was the fact that Rudiger played left-back, which I think a lot of people thought that they would interchange, but I thought he played him there. I mean, it's interesting to see where he plays as the season starts and what his role will be. But in this game, uh, Alaba played as centre-back and Meditao played. And so, that's how the goal came, because Meditao was being isolated, so he had to keep trying to play the out-ball. And this one, on this occasion, he was trying to play the out-ball, but he was on his left foot, he tried to play across... Um, obviously, he didn't get it right and it falls straight to Rafinha. Rafinha lashes it in. A great finish, by the way, from Rafinha. A fantastic goal uh, that he scored and um, no chance for the keeper. And it's a great start for him. This, uh, you know, in preseason, he's had two goals in two games and he's looking sharp. He's looking good. And that will bode well for Barcelona. I thought Lewandowski look, oh, looked good as well. I thought there were some nice neat touches. He still needs a bit of time to kind of adjust to the pace of, of, of Barcelona, to the pace of the game. And that, that will come. But I think it'll be, it'll be a strong signing. For them, um, but really it was it was that uh, press that completely killed Real Madrid. And I thought the three midfielders really pressed very well. Busquets, Pedri, and Gavi really pressed high. The pace they pressed so well. Uh, and uh, the problem for, for Madrid was that uh, their midfield couldn't couldn't respond to that. They couldn't. 
And so every time Jumini had the ball, every time Kamavinga had the ball, every time Militao had the ball, they just hounded and harassed them and they got it away. And without without having a proper center forward, you know, the out ball was never there. The out ball was never there. They need somebody who could hold it up and who could, who could uh, you know, probably bring others into play, but they just didn't have that. So they struggled with that and the Barcelona just took full advantage of that. And like I said, they should have scored a lot more. Um, there was a chance for, uh, well, Valverde hit the post, of course, which was a nice little shot, but that was something. In the second half, I thought Asensio should have scored. When he had his chance, he really should have scored that, but he put it wide. Uh, that was a good little move. And one of the, one of the few times where Barcelona were caught out uh, through, the, through the press, they were caught out in that one move. And uh, Asensio should have scored, but he missed the target. Uh, and then towards the end, there was a flurry of chances. The Memphis should have scored. Dembele should have scored. And uh, I was surprising that Aubameyang was a bit anonymous in the second half. Normally, he does do something, but he was a bit anonymous. And what's interesting to the squad depth as well, if you think about it, Barcelona now have some incredible spot there because if you look at their first team, they've got in the midfield, they've got Busquets, Pedri and Gavi. And they want to change it up. They've got Fenki Leon, they've got Nico Gonzalez, they've got uh, Sergio Roberto who can play there. They've got Frank Cassia who can play there. So they've got a lot of options. And then if you look at the forward line, You've got Aubameyang, Lewandowski, Rafinha, Dembele, uh, Fatih, Pepe, you know, Torres, and Memphis, the Pies. They've got lots and lots of squad, squad depth and lots of options, which is it's great to have in a long season. And uh, the defense is the one issue, though, uh, because I think it's too slow. I just think it's too slow. That defense is too slow. They were not tested today because Benzema was playing, but it's a little bit slow. I mean, Araujo was caught out quite a few times by, by uh, Vinicius. And, uh, you know, they took quite a little bit of defending there. And I think uh, Eric Garcia would have been troubled as well if Benzema was playing. But that needs to be fixed. And I think once, and you can see why they're going for Jules Kunde. Uh, all the talk about, you know, Chelsea and all that aside, you can see why they're going for him. So I think if they get him, that should uh, help them a lot because he's got that pace uh, and ability on the ball as well to, to kind of help them out. So that's in Barcelona. I think Barcelona will be, uh, on, the, on the face of this swing, I think Barcelona will have a much, much, uh, provide a much, much sterner challenge. To Madrid, I, w- I would say that Barcelona, I think, are favourites for, for La Liga this season. Just the amount that they spend as the players that they brought in. Whatever else they may have off the field issues and off whatever they've done in a transfer market, the reality is they have a very strong team on, on the field right now. So I, I think they'll be favourites for the title. I also think they might be the closest. If they get Jules Kunde, they might be the closest challengers to Manchester City for the Champions League. I, I do think that, but uh, we'll see. There's still some time. There's still some ways to go for that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the in the transfer market. Um, but let me know in the comments. What did you think of the game? Uh, did you you know what, what, what do you think was the, was it entertaining? You know where do you think Barcelona did what went uh, this so well? What did Barcelona do well? What did Real Madrid not do so well? You know, the other way around as well, because there's some areas that you think Barcelona can improve, areas that Real Madrid can improve. Let me know in the comments. Always happy to hear that, uh, hear your thoughts. And uh, of course, remember to smash a like for Barcelona. Uh, you know, first day one, uh, I guess smash like for Real Madrid, of course, why not? Uh, and let's smash like for Kutubo Kutua, uh, who did absolutely amazing, I thought. And uh, do remember to subscribe to our channel on uh, YouTube, follow us on Facebook, because like I said, lots of things happening, lots of games now as well as lots of transfer news. So uh, you can get notified as soon as videos drop because, uh, uh, you know, we are doing videos and reactions as we hear. So thank you so much and uh, have a good night or day, whatever time you're watching this. We'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.